The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Parish, it's uh, Saturday, March 19, 2022. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Kyle Boone is here with me. You're not going to believe how great his internet is. Uh, amazing. And please note that the Ion College Basketball Podcast is presented by Jersey Mike's, which is a proud sponsor of the Naismith Award. Jersey Mike's would like to offer congratulations to all the athletes on this season's Naismith Watch list. If you're not watching live on YouTube, I should tell you, it's 1.30 a.m. Eastern, super late. If you are watching live on YouTube, please, you know what to do. Smash the like button like your Brandon Davies, and check this out. If we get 200 likes, we did it last night on this video on YouTube. We're going to give away another $100 gift card to Paramount Plus, which is your place to stream NCAA tournament games, NFL, Champions League, PGA Tour, and some of the best films and shows being made right now. Among them, Mayor of Kingstown, starring Academy Award nominee Jeremy Renner. So just shout out um, Peacocks or Dodo Birds or Leaky Black or Larnell in the comments. Leave your Twitter handle or your Instagram handle with your comment. And if you win, Nada will contact you and hook you up. All right, Strong Jaw, good to see you. And I wish I could tell you that the first Friday of this NCAA tournament was awesome. But relative to Thursday, at least, it was kind of boring. Top seed Arizona cruised to an 87-70 win over Wright State. Three number two seeds played, Duke, Villanova, Auburn. They each won by at least 17 points. None of them even came close to pulling a Kentucky number three seed. Purdue blew out Yale. Three seed Texas Tech blew out Montana State. Three seed Wisconsin got tested, but got by Colgate. 16 games were played on Friday. Ten of them were decided by double digits. Strong jaw, you tell me, was I uh, just spoiled by Thursday, or is it true that Friday was mostly just just okay? Unmute Thursday. yourself, strong jaw. <laughs> it's a good start to my podcast. Thursday was <laughs> yeah, fantastic exactly. for starters. Friday was just okay. You know, there were some good games. There were some close games. Some of the top teams uh, were tested, most notably number three seed Wisconsin that came down to the wire um, against Colgate. But on the whole, I think Friday was relatively disappointment. It was pretty bland, especially in comparison to what we got in in round one on Thursday, which was just a ton of upsets, a ton of games coming down to the wire. Um, that was not the case on Friday. No. Um, listen, you can't have the Peacocks on every day. That's not the way the NCAA tournament works. And by the way, kind of a weird moment with the Peacocks because uh, Seton Hall, 
uh, got smashed by TCU late Friday. And in the postgame press conference, Kevin Willard was asked, you know, about, you know, his future because he's been widely connected to the Maryland job. In fact, most people in the industry believe that uh, soon he will be named the next head coach at Maryland, um, at which point Shaheen Holloway, St. Peter's coach, will, you know, eventually become the next head coach at Seton Hall. Uh, Shaheen, of course, played there and uh, used to work there. And um, so it all makes sense. And usually coaches in Kevin's situation will just say things like, hey, you know, tonight's about my team, about my players, you know, all of the speculation about my future. We can discuss that another time. And he was just like, you know, I'm going to sit down with my agent and uh, we'll talk it out and I'll be real honest. And, you know, if I'm not here, if Shaheen Holloway is here, that would make me uh, the happiest person on the planet. It was like, whoa, St. Peter's has got a game in a few hours and you basically just announced to the world that uh, their coach will be leaving them very, very soon. So it's uh, it was just an interesting situation. Did you catch any of that? I did. And the timing is just incredible. If you're a Seton Hall fan, I, I get that uh, timing wise, it's just got to be awful. I mean, they just lost 6942 to TCU. It's the third biggest tournament loss for Seton Hall in program history. Seton Hall shot 29% from the field. I mean, it was, it was just a dreadful performance. And if I'm a, if I'm a Seton Hall fan, I've got to be just irate at, at Kevin Willard uh, because it feels a lot like he's just, Hey, I'm looking past this game. I don't really care. I've got my, <laughs> I've got my next spot picked out. Uh, it's on you, Shaheen Holloway. Um, it, you know, if you've noticed in these post-game press conferences, you see a lot of coaches and especially a lot of players very in tune with, what people were saying, you know, it's like uh, you saw in the Houston post game. It was like, you know, we had heard a lot about Jelly Walker. And so, you know, we wanted to try to keep him under control or um, the Providence players were like, we saw everybody was picking South Dakota state. And, you know, we were like, we're the Big East champions. I'm paraphrasing here, but a lot of that, like we heard what people were saying. We saw what people were tweeting. We saw it was on Instagram and if you acknowledge that that has been noticeable over the past two days, then you have to acknowledge this. The Seton Hall players have been seeing and hearing that their coach is leaving. And there's no way to prove that that played a role in this. But for Seton Hall to come out and get smacked like that, I think they shot 28% from the field. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that maybe, just maybe, all of the speculation about their coach leaving might have caused some issue that led to them playing as poorly as they played all season. Yeah, I mean, good luck trying to overlook that. I mean, the potentially the future of the program that you're playing for is in doubt at, at the very least. Now, Shaheen Holloway, if he does end up being the Seton Hall coach, I think that's going to end up probably being a really good fit. But if you're a player, it's really hard to ignore some of that noise, whether it's on social media, whether it's through the media, um, and the way that they just came out completely flat in this one, credit to TCU. They, they looked really good. Mike Miles had 21 points. That's my guy. Uh, TCU ended a 35 year drought between NCAA tournament wins. Really, really impressive for the Horn Frogs there. But yeah, if you, if you're a Seton Hall player, it's, it's, uh, it's gotta be hard to block out some of that noise. And I would imagine they entered this game with that, at least in the back of their heads, knowing that potentially, uh, Kevin Willard could be on his way out. 
There's no question. So like I said, 16 games played on Friday, 10 of them decided by double digits. TCU Seton Hall was obviously one of them. One of the ones that wasn't was probably my favorite game of Friday, and that was Illinois Chattanooga. Illinois won it 54-53, and won it 54-53 despite the fact that Chattanooga led that game for 39 minutes and 35 seconds. It's a 40-minute game, in case you don't follow college basketball too closely. 40-minute game in regulation. Chattanooga led the game for all but 25 seconds. Illinois took the lead for the first time inside the final minute. Chattanooga had the ball last possession with a chance to win it. Malachi Smith got it. Um, got his first shot blocked and then got it back and incredibly got a one bounce in rhythm, clean look, mid-range jumper and just missed it. And after the game, he said, um, that's a shot I practice every day. Cause you know, the one bounce pull-up jumper is a shot. Every basketball player practices every day. He said, it's a shot I practice every day. It's a shot I usually make and I missed it. And I let my teammates down and he was really down in the dumps about it. Now, you know, his teammates will lift him up and you know, you know, he'll be okay. But when you're Chattanooga, you don't, it's a, it's a program that hasn't won an NCAA tournament game, I believe since 1997. It's been a long time. And, um, you don't get many opportunities where you've got a clean look at a makeable jumper to beat a Big Ten champion. And that's what they had. And he just missed it. So Illinois moves on to play Houston, which destroyed UAB on Friday night, 82-68. Like I said, Jelly Walker um, was not good in this one. Houston really prioritized making things difficult for him. He finished just one of 10 from three. Yeah, I was I was I don't know how much of this game you ended up catching, but this this Illinois comeback was truly uh, stunning. Uh, the Mocs led by 14 points in the first half. They opened the second half with a 7-0 run. They ended up going up by 11 points there. Illinois had a 10-0 run in the second half and and Alfonso Plummer really honestly just completely bailed Illinois out in the second half. He had 13 of his 15 points in the second half. He made all three of Illinois's uh, three pointers in this game, and they were all in the second half. Uh, David Jean Baptiste only had four points on two of eleven shooting. Really, Chattanooga's offense just completely flatlined in the second half, and this was a defensive shootout in in many ways. There wasn't a ton of offense to go around. I was impressed that Illinois was able to at least hang on in this game, and. Yeah, they they led for all of 25 seconds, but they were the 25 seconds that ended up mattering, and they escaped 54-53. I um, saw all of the early stuff um, because you know I wasn't in studio till later. I was doing CBS CBS Sports HQ during the day, writing a column during the day, um, had radio at four Central, five Eastern, and then into studio. But the truth is, we went on air live at. 11 p.m. Eastern, and we were on air for two straight hours, you know, commercial breaks, but that's it. We're on air for two straight hours, you know, highlights, going to press conferences, discussing what just happened, discussing what it sets up. So once it gets late, I, that's when I, I'm i not able to watch the games anymore because we're talking on television. So 
um, like early, I saw Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago, and man, Loyola, Chicago, just, I mean, terrible. 41 points against Ohio State. It's an Ohio State team that's not great defensively. I think they were at like 132 and adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm, before the game. And like jumped up to around 100 after the game, like moved significantly because of, you know, how, how well um, they handled Loyola Chicago on that end of the court. So Loyola Chicago eliminated in the, fir- uh, in the first round. I saw all of that, obviously Notre Dame, Alabama, the Irish, the latest first four team to advance to the round of 32. Um, we talked about this on uh, uh, college, uh, CBS sports network tonight. You know, if you're Notre Dame, you don't want to be in the first four. Nobody wants to be in the first four. If you get there as an at-large team, it means that you didn't have a great season. Um, but once you get there, um, if you're Notre Dame, you got to feel like, all right, we can win two games here. Because in the first one, you're playing another first four team. Like, by, you know, by definition, they're just like you. And incredibly, they get to play into the main bracket and they get an Alabama team that had lost to teams worse than them all season long. Like uh, when you get into these types of situations where it's a win or you're done, um, those are the stakes. I, I'm always interested to like look at one team and go, okay, and, and this is oversimplifying it, sure, but you'll get the point. Hey, is this team we're about to play, have they lost to anybody like us all season long? And if the answer is no, you're up against it, right? Um, uh now, obviously, there are exceptions to this. St. Peter's, Kentucky being a great one. Wild things happen. But what Notre Dame could do when it got matched up with a game with Alabama, say, hey, has Alabama lost to anybody like us this season? And you say, oh, boy, they've lost to plenty of people like you this season and people way worse than you this season. So I thought that was a favorable matchup for Notre Dame. I actually picked Notre Dame to win the game. And, of course, when Javon Quinterly goes down with the uh, what Nate Oates described as a serious knee injury. I don't want to say that was game set match, but it just felt like, you know, if Alabama was going to win this game, they needed to have their full complement of players. And when you lose somebody, the caliber of Quinterly, that got, it got real tough. And so then Alabama ends up losing the game by 14 points. Yeah. And that, the Quinter, Quinterly injury injury was early in the game too, uh, for Alabama. That was a, kind of a tough break early and Notre Dame was really, really impressive in this one, especially, I mean, you, you look at the Irish, they just played a double overtime game just a few days ago. Cormac Ryan was on just an absolute heater in this one, 29 points, uh, for Notre Dame was really impressed with what he was able to do. Alabama last season, I, I was really impressed with what Nate Oates did with that team as one of the best defensive teams in college basketball. That has really not been the case for that team all year. They've been hot or cold. Um, they've had some great wins. You know, they, they beat Gonzaga. They beat Baylor. Uh, but they've they've lost to some teams that are much worse than than I think they probably should have should have probably ended up winning. So um, not surprised that they would fall in the first round. And definitely not surprised that this this Notre Dame team that seems to be gelling at the right time was able to knock them out of the bracket. Virginia Tech entered today, having won the ACC tournament, 
Notre Dame, I mean, uh, Texas rather entered a day on a three-game losing streak, and then Texas goes out and handles Virginia Tech 81-73. So Chris Beard once again advancing in the NCAA tournament. And then um, I do want to highlight Iowa State over LSU. 59-54, uh, T.J. Otzelberger in the round of 32 of the NCAA tournament after inheriting a program uh, that won just two games last season. I mean, that is a remarkable coaching job. And it's also the reason fan bases, and we've talked about this before, and athletic directors don't want to really hear anybody talking about, I got a three-year plan, or or I need I need time, or you know, people need to be patient. Like TJ Otzenberger has blown that out of the water. Trust me, you take over a power conference job in in the most difficult league in the country and the program won two games total the previous season and you march it into the round of 32 of the NCAA tournament uh, nobody else needs patience nobody else needs time nobody else needs a three-year plan um, because of the one-time transfer waiver and the transfer portal you can remake a roster overnight now I'm not saying everybody can do what TJ did because they won't I'm just saying it is theoretically possible to remake a roster overnight in one offseason before your first season even gets started. And that's what TJ did. I mean, look at that graphic if you're watching on YouTube. Two and 22 last season, 0 and 18 in the conference, 21 and 12 this season, four games below 500 in the Big 12. Like, I hear you, but they had already done so much of the resume building in the non league portion of their schedule that they were always going to be in the tournament safely. And then they got paired with an LSU team that's obviously had a difficult last week. You know, coaches get fired all the time. That's not unusual. A coach of an NCAA tournament team getting fired the weekend before the NCAA tournament, that is highly unusual. We know the circumstances that led to it. And suddenly LSU found itself without its head coach, without one of its assistants. And, you know, I picked Iowa State to win the game largely because of that stuff. Beyond that, say what you want about Will Wade as um, about about the way he allegedly built his program, about the way he allegedly recruited players. Um, again, you know, say whatever you want to him in that respect. Put that aside. Like, however he got the players, he got the players. But when he got them, he could coach them. He's a good coach. He's a good basketball coach. And suddenly LSU found itself without its good basketball coach in – that's why I wasn't terribly surprised that that it, or not surprised at all, actually, that Iowa State was able to get to the round of 32. So that was a, um, a, a, a fun little matchup that had neat stories on both sides of it. Yeah, and I enjoyed this one. This was uh, this was like your classic sicko take the under game uh, Two top 10 defenses going head to head LSU top five defense in three point defense um, was was absolutely stunned to see Iowa State's offense bounce back. They really sputtered down the stretch of the season. Uh, credit to Tyrese Hunter, freshman for the Cyclones. He was massive for the Cyclones down the stretch. Had 18 of his 23 points in the second half for Iowa State. And he is a very interesting NBA prospect. I'm not sure if he's going to end up being someone to look for this year or next year's class, but... Uh, really announced himself on the national stage tonight with 23 points, including uh, several big three-pointers down the stretch to kind of ice that game late. I Isaiah Brockington, also big, had had 19 points in that one. But 
this was this was a really impressive performance. All things considered for Iowa State, yes, uh, Will Wade and that situation played out for LSU. Um, you know, I, I would imagine that that probably favored Iowa State, but all things considered, I think Iowa State played really well today. Just a couple of more games from Friday that I want to touch on. Miami over USC, 68-66. A lot of people, myself included, had, as the season progressed, kept staring at USC and going, okay, I guess they're good, but what have they really done? Like, I guess they're good, but where are the big wins? What am I supposed to be paying attention to in terms of things you've accomplished this season? And then they get matched up with a Miami team that was a 10 seed compared to USC seven seed and Miami wins it 68 66. I guess it was a controversial foul call in the final seconds. I know Andy Enfield was upset, but you know, we watched the highlight 50 times tonight on CBS sports network and it was a lower body foul. It looked like, like Charlie Moore got hit. He got fouled. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought too. Um, it was, I, I, I could see it either way. I, I think it was right that they called it a foul and he got the free throws. Um, I could also see where they just let it play and right. see what happens. But um, yeah, I, I thought they I thought they called it right on the floor. Yeah, and so Jim Laranega, um, I don't think I'm telling secrets here. Before the season started, people in the industry thought, okay, this will be one more year and then you know he'll probably ease into retirement. And instead... He takes a team that I'm not sure was projected to make the NCAA tournament, and they make the NCAA tournament. Now they're in the round of 32, and he just recently got uh, a contract extension. So, you know, he's going to take Miami wherever Miami goes in this tournament, but, you know, it looks like be back for next season as well. And then the last game, and I'm going to need you to do the heavy lifting on this one because this is one of the ones that, you know, was playing out while we were live on television on CBS Sports Network. Michigan State 74, Davidson 73. I didn't really see how it unfolded, but I did. Uh, we carried Bob McKillop's press conference live after the game, and he talked about how proud he was. Multiple times said, you know, we were in the middle of the ring. You know, we were never on the ropes. We were in the middle of the ring trading punches with a Big Ten team. Um, we, 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 we were fighting the whole time. And said he was proud and that he thought they just ran out of time, uh, which is something coaches say when they genuinely believe if we had three more minutes, we'd have won the game. If we had two more minutes, we'd have won the game. We needed a 43-minute game instead of a 40-minute game. Is that an, uh, Did the game actually play out that way? I, I could see that. Yeah, it, it did feel like Davidson was the better team for most of this game, but Michigan State still won the game. Um, Luka Brajkovic was was awesome for for Davidson. He had 16 points in the second half, 18 points in the game. Uh, he was really physical. Just Michigan State had really no answers for him when he started being aggressive in the post and really taking it at the Spartans. Uh, they They really had no answers. Was really impressed. Tyson Walker coming into this game for Michigan State was was actually dinged up and he played wasn't very effective. I was curious to see how they would maybe replace some of that scoring production. Uh, the answer was Joey Hauser. He had a season high 27 points. Uh, I, I think he's thrust himself in the conversation as, you know, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paolo Macero, Joey Hauser, number one pick. We going there? 
<laughs> Joey, Joey Alvin? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it was, he uh, was really impressive tonight. Yeah, and I think... Obviously joking there. Um, in the post-game press conference, they were making a point that he maybe now has one more NCAA tournament victory than his brother, something like that. Mm-hmm. So little uh, family bragging rights. But Michigan State moves on, and that obviously sets up uh, something we'll talk about before we get out of here, and that's Tom Izzo against Mike Krzyzewski one last time uh, on Sunday. Before we move on, let me remind you that the madness is obviously here. You can tell because Kyle Boone, according to the comments on YouTube, is in a holding cell uh, with Pinocchio. don't miss a moment of the action on cbs tbs tnt and true tv and download the march madness live app to watch every game anywhere anytime live if you're watching live on youtube hey youtube hey youtube hey youtube smash the like button like you're brandon davis we gotta get over 200 likes before not uh ease his grip on those paramount plus uh, gift cards so the big 12 this is notable because on Friday night's podcast, before Norlander's internet got goofy, goofy, uh, made a note that the uh, Mountain West Conference, you know, out of the tournament on, you know, by Thursday night, 0-4. Four teams in, all four lost, round of 64 games. Big 12 on the other end of that spectrum. Got six teams in this NCAA tournament. All six have advanced to the round of 32. And um, now... Uh, you know, they're going to have higher seeded teams in four of the six games that the Big 12 teams play in the round of 32. It's going to be one seed Kansas against nine seed Creighton on Saturday, uh, one seed Baylor against eight seed UNC on Saturday, three seed Texas Tech against 11 seed Notre Dame on Sunday, six seed Texas against three seed uh, Purdue on Sunday. Nine seed TCU against one seed Arizona on Sunday, and eleven seed Iowa State against three seed Wisconsin on Sunday. So let me correct myself. Texas is going to be the high. I mean Texas. The Big Twelve is going to be the higher seeded team in three of the six games that the Big Twelve plays in the round of thirty-two. How many of them are they going to win? Big Twelve is playing six games in the round of thirty-two. The record in the round of thirty-two will be what? Strong jaw. Kansas is winning. Baylor's winning. Texas Tech is winning. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Texas is not winning. TCU's probably going to take an L. Um, so, yeah, I think it's what that's four and two. 
Um, oh gosh, yeah, I think that's right. So yeah, I think. Well, that's if, probably, if Kansas would, wins, Baylor wins, Texas Tech wins, and you got Texas TCU, Iowa State losing, that puts you at three and yeah. three. I yeah, think three yeah. three okay, is, three. is probably the the safe. Like if we were putting uh, you know, percentages by it, the highest percentage, most likely record in the round of thirty two would probably be three and three. But if you told me they got four there, I could believe that. Also, if you told me they only yeah. got two there, I could believe that. But that's the best conference in the country, uh, playing yeah. like the best conference in the country. And so late on Friday night, CBS and Turner did announce. Uh, tip times for Sunday's game. So all these teams that won on Friday, they're going to play again on Sunday. Let me run you through that real quick. 12, 10 p.m. Eastern, Houston against Illinois. That'll be on CBS, America's Most Watched Network, the Network of Stars. 2.40 p.m. Eastern, Villanova against Ohio State. That's going to be on CBS, America's Most Watched Network, Network Stars. 5.15 p.m. Eastern, Duke, Michigan State, obviously on CBS, America's Most Watched Network network of Stars. 6, 10 p.m. East, Wisconsin against Iowa State. That'll be on TNT. 7, 10 p.m. Eastern, Texas Tech against Notre Dame. That'll be on TBS. 7, 45 p.m. Eastern, Auburn against Miami. That'll be on True, True TV. Disrespectful to Auburn. Jabari Smith, that's disrespectful. Jabari Smith on True TV is disrespectful. I mean, we Walker don't have to Kessler lie. on True TV. Unbelievable. Nine blocks today, by the way, for Walker Kessler. Cameron McGusty on True TV. Disrespectful. Unbelievable. 8.40 p.m. Eastern, Purdue against Texas on TNT. 9.40 p.m. Eastern, Arizona, TCU on TBS. Let's go to this Wisconsin-Iowa State game real quick because – Obviously, Wisconsin is playing in Milwaukee. That is an uh, advantage. And Johnny Davis will be coming off a massive game. He scored 14 points and like a 14-0 Johnny. Like like he scored, I think, 14 straight points for Wisconsin at one point in the Wisconsin-Colgate game when the Badgers pulled away from them and finished with 25. Oscar Shibwe bounced in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Keegan Murray. Bounced in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Is there, because for people who don't know, at CBS Sports, we do not vote for National Player of the Year until after the Elite Eight, before the Final Four. That's when we will announce those awards in that week before the Final Four. So these games that are happening right now, they matter. Even if if Johnny Davis goes on a 25-point-per-game run and gets Wisconsin to the Final Four, is that is there any scenario where he could pass Oscar Shibwe and win the Jersey Mike's Naismith Player of the Year award? I think it'd have to be a pretty stellar run at this point. Um, Oscar Shibwe, I think, has cemented himself as the clear front runner. Now, if Keegan, if excuse me, if Johnny Davis is going to drop twenty five and just keep Wisconsin rolling, then I think there's a real legitimate discussion about who is going to be our National Player of the Year, but. Uh, right now, I've got Shibwe number one and Johnny Davis number two, Keegan Murray number three. That is my personal order. I can't imagine it changing, but uh, the way that Johnny Davis played in the second half today was—it's uh, possible I could change my mind. Yeah, I think it would have to be a, like a Kimball Walker-like run through the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. 
Um, and and then you can have a conversation. But at this point, I'm assuming, yeah, Oscar Shibwe will be the national, the, the Naismith uh, player of the year. And um, Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis could maybe finish two and three in some order. I guess there's a scenario where Ochai Abaji could get super hot with Kansas going to the final four. Maybe we're throwing him into the top three, but um, even after a disappointing loss to St. Peter's and don't forget Oscar Sheboy was awesome against St. Peter. Ain't his fault. Ain't his fault. Kentucky fans. You point the fingers, a lot of different places. Ain't his fault. Um, I, I'm assuming he's going to win the Naismith player of the year award. Um, I, I I know some people sometimes ask like why this game here and that game there when these television executives are putting the schedule together for Sunday. My understanding of that 240 because basically you have two standalone windows, the 1210 game and the 240 game. And then after that, you're going to have multiple games on uh, for most of the rest of the night, though Duke Michigan State probably gets about an hour, 55 minutes to itself. So, um, you know, I remember a few years ago, there was a game that was the first game on Sunday. And so it was a standalone game. And it wasn't like this, like if you're trying to pick the best game or the next best game or the next best game, you would not pick this game. And I remember talking to, you know, somebody who is involved in these conversations. And I was like, hey, listen, I'm not questioning as much as I'm just curious. Why is that game? the game that get, gets everything started on Sunday. And the answer to that question, I thought this was sort of interesting behind the scenes stuff, that 240 Eastern, um, uh, the, the 515 PM Eastern window leading into 60 minutes, that's the big one. You know, that that's the, that's the best one. That's why Duke Michigan State is there, right? Yeah. But the next best window, my understanding is, is the 240 PM Eastern window. That's the next most desirable window. So you have to find the game that you want there and then put the other game that's in that pod before it so that they lead into each other. So basically somebody decided um, that we want Villanova, Ohio State in that 2.40 p.m. Eastern window. And unless I'm wrong, and if I am wrong, then I'm just going to have to apologize but can you confirm for this? Confirm this for me. Houston, Illinois, and Villanova, Ohio State are being played at the same place. I think that's right. If it's not, just I take back everything I said. We'll just chalk it up to me being an idiot. Yeah, not a. Feel free to weigh in if this is incorrect. I believe that's right, though. Looking it up here. This is something I should have looked up before I started talking. Houston, no, you are absolutely correct, GP. Yeah. Okay, yeah, good, right. good. Well, that, that so that's yeah, why that is the way it is, because yeah. you you pick what game you want. Thank God I was right. Nailed it. I nailed Never it. Never doubt. Never. I don't doubt. know why. Come I, on. I don't even know. I don't even know why I question myself. Ridiculous. Basically, you decide what do you want that two forty p.m. Eastern window. Villanova Ohio State. Okay, what's the other game happening in that building that day? That's going to be your leadoff standalone game. Houston Illinois. Maybe I'll be a television executive someday. You know, maybe I'll transition into being a television executive. The, the big game, 5.15 p.m. Eastern, Duke, Michigan State. It will be the sixth time that Tom Ezzo and Mike Krzyzewski have coached against each other in the NCAA tournament. No two men, 
have ever coached against each other in the NCAA tournament that many times. Question. Answer. After the beatings that Mike Krzyzewski has given Tom Izzo over the years, because the record is lopsided. I want to say like 2-13. and 13. It's 3-12. and 3-12? and 12? Yep. Damn it. Just after I was bragging about getting everything right. <laughs> then, then, then that happens. Three so and twelve, close. so close. Three and twelve. After all the beatings Kay's given Izzo over the years, wouldn't it be something if Izzo ended Mike Shishetsky's career? Do you give the Spartans a chance to do it? I don't give them a great chance. I mean, it would be, it would be one of the bigger surprises of the second round for sure. I mean, it just just from a talent perspective. I mean, Duke has maybe like five first-rounders on its roster. Now, I know that NBA talent is not everything. It doesn't make a great team, but this Duke team is so stacked. I mean, Paolo Bencaro and and Mark Williams, all the way down, like this is a really good roster. And Michigan State's good. They, they've had a good season. This was a good win for them today, but, man, I, I think the early lines are Michigan State's going to end up as like an eight-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, so the Vegas odds makers are not giving them great – chances to win and upset Duke. Yeah, I think Duke gets by. I think Mike Krzyzewski at least coaches to the Sweet 16. I do think things um, get, get you know, have a chance to get very difficult at that point. And at that point, going forward, them losing any game they play would not surprise me, but I would be surprised. Um, I would be surprised if if they lost to, to Michigan State on Sunday. I'm looking in the comments on YouTube. Uh, as I was playing television executive, somebody said that, um, you know, Villanova, Ohio State, from a basketball perspective, is not, you know, one of the best games on Sunday. And uh, one thing you need to know about television is they don't care about, I don't want to say they don't care, but they're not looking for the best basketball game or the best matchup. They're looking for the best game that's going to draw the biggest number. And Ohio State is a massive national brand. Like, you would rather, like, let's just look at the teams that are playing Sunday. Let's say Miami was ranked third in the country, like like literally third in the country in a one seed. You would rather have Ohio State on TV than Miami, even if Ohio State, even if Miami was ranked third in the country and a one seed in this tournament. From a television perspective, Ohio State is just a much bigger basketball brand, just brand in general. Alums living all over the country, so that plays a big role in this stuff uh, too. It's why you know every year. Uh, or some years when John Calipari would act like, like, you know, there must be some, they really made us a tough path and, you know, put St. Peter's in our way uh, and, and talks about like, you know, there's some conspiracy against Kentucky. Uh, the truth is there is nothing, nothing on this planet. Television executives want more than Kentucky in the final four every year. They want yep. Kentucky playing for the national championship every year. If you go ask a television executive, so what would be the ideal National championship game, Kentucky-Duke every year. Just give us Kentucky-Duke every year, and we'll be happy. I don't care if they're both one seeds or both seven seeds. Kentucky-Duke every year makes everybody happy. So what brands will people watch um, Is seems to be uh, a, a, a hugely important thing as opposed to uh, what's the best basketball game or what's the most interesting basketball game. But, you know, on Sunday – uh, we're going to have a good batch of them. Houston, Illinois, Villanova, Ohio State, Duke, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Notre Dame, Auburn, Miami, Purdue, Texas, Arizona, TCU. They will happen in that order. Nada. 
Did we ever get the required amount of likes so that you can give away this Paramount Plus card and I can get back to watching Bad Vegan? At this point, I'm willing to. I just need to get to 150. So, and and we're at 147. So, three of you guys just need to hit like, and then we can get this all done, and then everybody's happy. So we who can is that, get to watching Bad Vegan again. Who is out there not smashing the like button like they're Brandon Davies? I thought there was more of us than there are of them. Maybe there's Unreal. more of them than there are of us. I'm disappointed right now. I'm I, I'm quite honestly, I'm disappointed. What are these people doing? Do you not know how to smash? It's Friday Friday night. What better night to smash than Friday night? I'm not asking you to to smash on Wednesday afternoon. We got to 150. We got to 150, but we were asking for 200. I didn't think 200 was going to be that much to ask for. Do I need to impersonate a peacock again? Is that what it takes to get above 200? I think so. You've been practicing your blue hen, by the way? I have not. I have not practiced my peacock or or my blue hen since last night. I do I need to impersonate a peacock again to get two hundred likes? It's I mean, Friday night. Say yes. It's Friday night. You smash like Brandon Davis. It's trending. <laughs> do the do the peacock. <laughs> I can't do the peacock. That is so ridiculous. They got they got all over social media me peacocking like an idiot. Plus, plus, it's two ten in the morning. I'm in a hotel. If you can't tell, I'm in a hotel. And like, imagine if I'm back to bed. Let's say because I've been here a week. Feels like, and like, what if the person in the room next to me has also been here for you know several days, and they call downstairs and they're like, "Listen, I know this is weird, but uh, on the past two nights, like at some point after one thirty, sounds like there's a peacock in the room next to me." Can you check on that room next to me and see if they got a peacock in there? Can't just be peacocking. Can't be peacocking this late at night every night. That's outrageous. It's outrageous behavior. It's outrageous behavior. You've got the comments worked up. Everyone's everyone's angry. They feel like you te- you teased it. Now you uh, can't go back. <laughs> I can't. I cannot peacock every podcast. It's got to be a special thing, you know. It's like my kids come to me. They play Fortnite on their little Nintendo Switches. And every day they come to me, they want to use V-Bucks. They say, Dad, can you buy me some more V-Bucks? I'm like, what are you doing with these V-Bucks? And I said, no, we can't do V-Bucks every day. All right? It's got to be something special. Let's do V-Bucks every Saturday. How about that? I'm happy to buy both of you V-Bucks every Saturday if you act right between now and Saturday. And now you know what they do? Instead of asking me for V-Bucks every day, you know what they ask me every day? Is today Saturday? <laughs> I'm like, I got to get you guys a calendar. Is today Saturday? No. Today's Tuesday. Is tomorrow Saturday? Will you go, g- get back in school and learn your days? Stop asking me if tomorrow's Saturday. I just told you it's Wednesday. You had, And your follow-up question was, is tomorrow Saturday? How am I ever going to get you in college? Jesus, Lord. Smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. Strong jaw, I want to compliment you. First on your setup, it does look like you're in a holding cell with Pinocchio. Which, if you have to be in a holding cell, it's not the Pinocchio, worst. Not the worst. It's certainly not the Fine worst. Company. Fine, Fine company. Fine Full dis- full disclosure here. Uh, my wife and I sold our house last week, so I, we're actually living with my parents for two weeks. So I'm in my, the living room of my parents' house, and my my parents are awake in the other room um, with our two year old. So this is uh, 
It's a fantastic setup. But you, uh, hold on, yeah. hold on. Let's stop here. Your parents yes. in their living room have a Pinocchio hanging like that. Is yes. that is that real life? What is going on? Yes. Let's it's talk a, about that for a second. Dirty Santa gift or bad Santa? What do they what do they call that? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like a dirty Santa gift. Um <laughs> like that like what like that what I'm looking at right now, that's what your parents' house looks like. Your living room. That's correct. Yes. That's wild. Yeah, this just this just hangs in the living room. That is creepy, yeah. man. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that thing came like awake at night and murdered somebody. Yeah, fortunately our two year old has already broken it, so it's uh it's bound for the trash here soon. So definitely Cal Boone's Cal Boone's parents' living room is a <laughs> wild scene. That's an interesting situation we got going on there. But the internet hey, I'll tell you this, internet's amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah. I checked it earlier and, and you know what it said? Internet. Hmm. It's fast. Fast internet. And reliable. I, I knew you'd be happy with that. I'm really happy with it. I appreciate you being here so late at night. Not everybody would stay up this late with me, but I appreciate you doing it. It's always good to see you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nada, do we have a winner? Can we do that now? We do have a winner. I think we're just going to give it to Ellen tonight uh, for, for being so kind and essentially for not roasting my, my audio setup because people are asking, where's my mic? And I don't talk on this. I'm like Sam Bassini. I'm, I'm, I hide in the basement. So, <laughs> therefore, I'm going to give the Paramount Plus gift card to Ellen. Ellen, if you would please DM the Ion College Basketball Twitter account, and we'll get all this set up. Ellen, thank you for listening. To all of you guys out there, thank you for listening. Like, we don't take this for granted that uh, a lot of you guys are staying up. You know, it's 2.15 a.m., on the east coast it's late i have to be up this is my job this is the, this is the what allows me to buy v bucks i gotta be here but you guys don't have to so i appreciate you being here it's uh super duper nice and 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 very appreciated shouts to devin downey shouts to chester south carolina shouts to wyatt winslow 6-2 legend took one shot in two games for baylor back in the 1999-2000 season shouts to larnell thank you guys once again, for listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, five stars, nice review. You can write words at Apple Podcasts. There's more of us than there are of them that needs to be reflected in the reviews. If you haven't subscribed to this YouTube channel yet, uh, please do that so that we can reach the point where I can stop asking you to. In my real life, like I don't ask people to do things for me. I don't beg people to do things for me. I have a real like hang up with that. So you have no idea how uncomfortable I am constantly saying, could you please go subscribe to the YouTube channel? I don't like doing that. So let's just make a deal. Go do it. And then I'll stop asking you. I'll be more comfortable and everything will be the way it should be. Please, please. If you haven't subscribed yet, Go subscribe, and we will talk to you again real soon. By real soon, I mean, I believe, same time tomorrow night, 1.30 a.m. Eastern. I honestly don't know who's doing the Iowa College Basketball Podcast. Originally, it was supposed to be Norlander and David Cobb, I think. But Norlander's internet, his internet, connect, his internet situation ain't good, Nada. We, we got something to handle it. We got something to handle it. His internet situation will be pretty good. 
I've heard that before. But is it fast? Put that put that on the list of things I've heard before. So it might just be Deadleg and David Cobb. I might be here if I feel like it. If I want to, I'll be here. We'll just be here at 1.30, and it'll be a surprise for all of us. Till then, take care. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.